This podcast is brought to you by Orthos Health, an industry-leading corporate wellness and condition management provider. Welcome back, everyone. We are doing part two of our interview with Dr. Hilger about viruses. And we talked in part one about viruses and bacteria and the difference between those. So if you didn't catch that one, go back and listen. And if you're joining us now, we are going to be talking about some things that we can do to help prevent us coming into contact with this here on episode two. We think it'll be a while before there is a vaccine. So tell us out there while we're waiting for this to happen, um, what are some things that we can be doing? Well, the things that we can do are the things that you've probably already heard a lot about. Wash your hands constantly. We, we, uh, if you go out and visit somewhere, when you come home immediately, wash your hands. If you- For how long? Wash your hands for 20 <laughs> seconds. The, the current thing is to sing happy birthday twice. Ah. But uh, yes, uh, wash your hands for 20 seconds with a good soap. Uh, another thing you can do is when you're out and about, don't touch objects. Don't, you know, don't mm. touch handrails. Don't touch anything that you don't have to touch. Don't touch people. So shaking hands is a great thing. I love to do it. It's nice and warm feeling to greet somebody and know that there's, there's a person on the other side of that. Unfortunately, that's not a good thing to do. If they're carrying the virus, as soon as you shake hands with them, you're carrying the virus. Yeah, and this is not new for you because you don't ever shake hands during flu season. <laughs> yeah, during, during flu season, I don't shake hands with people. I give them a fist bump or an elbow bump and say, flu season, I don't shake hands. Gotcha. Um, okay. But I think these days, most people are going to just say, oh, I understand pretty well. Right. Virtual hugs. Virtual <laughs> hug. Okay. Or a wave. I sometimes just wave. Once, uh, the other thing that, that really does happen is people have a, a habit of touching their face. Mm. You touch your eyes, you touch your nose, you touch your mouth. I kind of want to touch my face right now. Exactly. Just because I know I'm not supposed to be able to. <laughs> it's, it's a habit that most of us have. It's a habit that we need to we need to stem at this moment because that is how it gets into your system. One of the ways, another way that this virus gets to us is through droplets in the air. The, the early symptoms of the disease are cough, usually a dry cough. You're not producing sputum; it's just a dry cough. Uh, often headache, fever, sometimes sneezing like a cold, but uh, fever is a good one along with dry cough and headache. When a person coughs or when a person sneezes, especially a sneeze, they can project droplets from their respiratory system six to eight feet out into the air. And uh, if a person, and those droplets get on objects, that's how you get stuff on objects that you touch. Uh, they can also be inhaled. They're small objects. They can be inhaled. So can I ask a question yes. about, uh, interrupt you there, because you mentioned that just a minute ago about, you just said it can be on objects that you touch. What is the duration that a typical virus can live without being on its host? So with handrails and doorknobs, all that kind of thing. You used the word that, that, I, that I would never use, typical virus. Mm -hmm. Viruses are all different, and it's really hard to tell. Okay. That is not known yet for coronavirus. It's assumed that it is, since it is a coronavirus, that it's probably like cold, and that it will last for maybe a few days even. 
Okay. So it's, it's really hard to tell on that. We don't know for sure. So right, wiping everything down, is that helping? Wiping things down with a, with a disinfectant certainly do help. Disinfectants will inactivate this virus so that it might still be there, but it can't infect if it's inactivated. Gotcha. When people get this, they, the, uh, when they do inhale, when they get the, the virus, uh, get the disease started, about 80%, it said, have what we would call subclinical or at least very mild disease so mild that they don't go to a doctor, they don't think they need to, and they, and they really don't need to. Hmm. Another, uh, another percentage, uh, as, as age increases, the percentage of people who get serious disease, which uh, may be fatal in some percentage of people, uh, increases. And that is because as we age, the immune system weakens. So if they talk about it weakening from the time people are about 60. Uh, it weakens uh, considerably as they go from 60 to 80 and above. Mm. And this weakened immune system allows the virus to get a toehold and get going and often cause serious disease. The higher fatality rates of as much as 15% are really limited to people in their 80s and they go down a little bit uh, in your 70s and 60s. So most people who are younger than that and people who have a really strong, healthy immune system are the ones who are most likely going to be able to fight off this virus. Is that That would be what correct, yes. We, I was gonna ask, that was one of my questions, who is the most susceptible to get it right now? Elderly people, people as, as you get over 60, 70, 80, they, those are the most susceptible because their immune system is weakened by the rage. Okay, so it sounds as though we need to be doing everything we can right now to make sure that our immune systems are boosted. That would certainly be a good idea. Gotcha. Who else would be at risk for this? There's a, there's a question about pregnant women and it is really not known yet. Uh, there have been some, some reports that about pregnant women who have been infected. So it is possible for pregnant women to be infected. The question of whether they're more seriously infected, there doesn't seem to be any, any answer to that. In other words, it doesn't look like at this moment that they are, that they are more likely to get serious disease. Well, that's, that's good news. Yeah, well, so one far. thing is they're young for yeah. the most part, so that helps. Okay, well, I do work with uh, pregnant women often, and so I want to know, have there been cases of babies who have been born to mothers who are infected? And how does that work while they're nursing? Do you know any of that? Well, type of what, I've, what I've seen on, on that is that babies have been born to mothers who have been infected. Mm. And the babies did not show uh, or did not test positive when they were tested for the virus. Oh, that's great. That is good. They also tested mother's milk. And it turns out that the breast milk did not contain... Uh, any virus. So wow. that seems safe too. At the moment, we think the virus is pretty much limited to the respiratory system. Okay, interesting. That's great news for uh, pregnant mamas out there and moms with new babies. So if somebody was to contract this and they were in that younger demographic with the heightened immune systems and they we're able to fight through this and fight it off. And we have seen cases of people who have recovered. Certainly. What does that look like for them going forward? Are they now immune to this? It would be nice if I could say yes. 
Uh, I was I, wanting you to say yes. <laughs> I know. I, want, I would love to say yes. Yes, it, we, we don't know for sure yet. Uh, it's really too soon. This virus has not been active for long enough to really tell the answer to that. With other viruses that are coronaviruses, there are some that do give some lasting immunity, and there are some that, that seems like it, it's, only a pass, it's only a short time. Uh, we have to hope this one is a lasting immunity. The severity of the disease might be, an, be a clue that it would be more of a lasting kind of thing. So when you say a lasting type of thing, does that mean that, you, that it just may linger for a really long time and, and kind of infect people slowly? No, or? no, I'm talking about immunity being okay. lasting. So that would be oh, nice. That's good. Yeah. Good. We did talk about how it was transmitted. <laughs> let's talk about treatment for a second. Yeah, let's give, give me some, some good news on this. I wish I could. <laughs> uh, first of all, testing is an important, an important thing. Which, that's some good news that there's a test. There is a test to determine if you have coronavirus or if you don't. And the, uh, we, we, are, we are ramping up testing in the United States. There are more and more tests available every day. Uh, and hopefully we will have enough tests soon that we can test everybody that really needs to be tested. Uh, if a person is at home and has a sore throat and a headache and they're not feeling too bad otherwise, uh, the recommendation is don't do anything. Stay home. If you, uh, this, is, this is again from, from various places that we can read. If it's more severe than that or lasts longer, you can you should call your doctor rather than going to the emergency room. Why? Uh, Why is that? Well, because you go to the emergency room, you're likely to pick up something that's there, mm. and it also crowds the emergency room for unnecessary visits quite often, uh, and you're incurring some expense that you probably don't need to. So we could have people right now who are at home with it because I probably wouldn't call my doctor for you know runny nose and a sore throat. I'm so. certain that we have a, a great many cases of people who have it that don't know they have it right. uh, and will recover quite well and without any serious consequences. So back to treatment, there is no specific treatment or an antiviral treatment for this infection. Uh, treatment is to um, do what you do if you have a cold. Uh, so stay in, stay away from other people. Even if you're if your your caregiver, it's probably a good idea to sleep in a separate uh, room. Probably try to stay away from other people as much as possible, and rest. Mm. In severe cases, obviously go to the hospital, and even even uh, in really severe cases, there may be some problems. Breathing and ventilation may be necessary. So in a non-coronavirus, just a, I don't want to say regular virus, but in other viruses, there are not really treatments for those other than getting a vaccine as a preventative. So with most viruses, once we have them, we just kind of need to, to do these same things. For most viruses, there are some exceptions to that, but for most viruses, that's the case. Think about a cold. What do you do when you get a cold? Uh, there's no specific treatment for it, so you know you try to just ride it out, and that's what's going to happen in in a large percentage of cases here. And uh, the best way is to try to prevent getting it. Try to to uh, stay away from crowds of people, uh, keep that uh, distance between people, and wash your hands. Do what you can to boost your immune system. 
an absolutely excellent idea. You could tell us about that. Well, that is the area that I'm the most comfortable talking about is how to boost your immune system to begin with. And I'm sure that you'd agree with lots of these things, you know, eating healthy things, fruits, vegetables, drinking water, um, getting exercise so that your lungs are moving, your lungs are strong so that when it does come in contact with this, since this one is respiratory, we want our lungs strong in that area. Movement, breathing, getting good rest. Anything you can do to, to improve your general overall health. Watching our stress level, which is kind of hard right now. <laughs> but yeah, those, those types of things that we talk about frequently on this podcast show, those are the types of things that we especially need to be really mindful of right now. So, well, that was a lot of information. I feel like I've learned a lot about viruses. Is there anything, any other little tidbits or anything that's on your mind that you want to leave us with before we sign out here? I think that about does it. And uh, I hope that uh, this helps some people understand what's going on. Yeah, so I know that everybody right now, we have a lot of people who are in a state of fear and we are wise to be taking precautions and to be doing everything that we can. And so again, what you can be doing, all the things that he listed before, the hand washing, not touching your face, that sort of thing um, are things that we definitely wanna do and continue to go on and boost your immune system. If you wanna refer back to some of these earlier podcasts, there's a lot of information in there on how to do those types of things. And our hope always with any show that I do is that you uh, leave your day healthier than you started. And so I hope that you heard something on here that is helpful. And so dad or Dr. Hilger, <laughs> I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to be here with us today. Thank you for sharing. Pleasure. Well, thank you everyone for joining us for this two part episode. I hope that it was very informative to you. And I hope that you are able to leave today healthier than you were yesterday. This podcast was brought to you by Orthos Health. For more information, visit orthoshealth.com.